Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast teaching new hunters how to hunt and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, for better or worse, and that is the worst rifle that you could use for deer hunting. Oh yeah, I said the worst rifle. Uh, this all dates back to some personal experience I've had, and I'm going to give you a specific example, but from there we're going to go on to some more transferable information that I think is something that will benefit everybody. So it all dates back to I think it was the first day ever that I was out deer hunting. I was so excited to be out. I had almost no gear. I'm pretty sure I was wearing tennis shoes and an orange hat and an orange vest and no idea what I was doing, but I was totally stoked. So I'm getting ready to go and I got to pick which rifle to bring. And of course, I've got all of two rifles to pick from. So I pull out the old... Mosin Nagant. I think it's a 1897 model made in 1945, preserved in a crate somewhere in Russia for the last 80 years, and they shipped it to America and got it at a Dick's Sporting Goods or something. It was $140, I think. Old-time rifle. Now, in and of itself, the Mosin is not a terrible rifle, but by the time I was done with it, well, I'll tell you the story. So I got this rifle, right? Couldn't leave it alone, you know, had to do something to it, you know, add some aftermarket parts. So we put a new stock on it, black 
plastic, detachable box magazine, adjustable comb height, everything. Nice. The stock, I think, cost the same amount as the rifle did. Well, that wasn't enough either, so I had to go and put a new bolt on it, longer handle, bent bolt, had to go and put a scope mount on it, and then had to mount a nice, big, heavy Bushnell 16 to 18 power scope. And of course, that wasn't enough either. From there, I had to add a nice big old muzzle brake to help alleviate that recoil. So I got this big rifle. You want to know what this thing weighed? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to save that for the end. But I got this big rifle. Now, this thing is not just heavy. This rifle was, I think, 54 inches long. It was longer than the longest gun case that I had and that I could find at the store. I actually had to drive around to a bunch of different stores to find the longest gun case that they sold. I think I got one at Gander Mountain eventually. It was a double gun case, double rifle, double scoped rifle case. The longest one they had, and it just barely fit. Right, and so I got this long rifle, loaded it up, put five rounds in there, and you know the Mosin shoots a 7.62 by 54R, which is a little bit bigger than your typical 308 might be, pretty similar to a 30-06, and so I'm hiking up through the woods. And okay, so this thing strapped on my back, and this barrel is sticking up like four feet in the air over my head, and I am hitting every branch every tree leaves i mean knocking it off stuff of course you're walking through the woods it's dark of course the first time i went hunting i'd never been to the property before so i didn't hadn't done any scouting wasn't sure where to go or what to do so i'm hiking through the woods with this thing just knocking it off everything you could imagine and away we go so we're hiking through, finally make it to the spot. By the time I get there, I am beat, right? Just like exhausted. But I'm loving it because I'm out, I'm in the woods, I'm all about it. You should have seen me climbing up to the tree stand with this rifle strapped to my back, which of course is a terrible idea, not something anybody should ever do. And of course they told you in the hunting safety course, don't do that. But I, uh, I never, I didn't pay attention to the tree part of the hunter safety course because when I was taking the class, I thought, oh, I don't like heights. I'm never going to climb a tree, so none of this will apply to me. So I didn't really pay attention. And of course, the first place they, I went with uh, my uncle and he set me up in this tree. So I was like, well, that's, that's where I'm going to be. So I just climbed up there all excited, got this rifle strapped to my back. I don't think I had one in the chamber at the time, which is just a tiny bit safer, um, all things considered. But I got up there, sitting down in this tree stand, and there's a lot more to this story, and I'll save it for another day. But I'm up there, all right, the, the, the morning starts to pass, and, you know, I'm fidgety, and I'm like, all right, I should probably practice, you know, lifting this rifle up, shouldering it, and, you know, holding it in place and looking through the scope where I might get a shot off just in case, you know, a deer pops out, I'll, I'll sort of have that figured out. Which, of course, is a bunch of excess movement things I should have worked out long ago. But, hey, nonetheless, I'm there. My first day, literally, 
don't know what I'm doing, don't realize everything I'm doing is re reducing my chance for success. So I pull this gun up to my shoulder, and that's when I realize I might have made a mistake. All right, so this gun weighed just over 12 pounds empty, right? Probably 12 and a half to 13 pounds total with the rounds in it. And I'm not the biggest guy or the strongest guy or the guy who has practiced shouldering heavy rifles for a while to build up those muscle groups. So I could hold this rifle up for like five seconds, right? Then my arms started to shake and I had to bring it down. And I'm like, hmm, okay, so if a deer pops out, gonna shot's going to have to be quick. Well, needless to say, after a couple hours of being up there, I didn't have a cushion to sit on. I'm just sitting on a raw steel grate. And of course, I was not conditioned or disciplined. So eventually, I climbed down. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go do some still hunting. Although, at that point, I didn't know what still hunting was. Um, nor did I know how to do it or any effective tactics for it. So I just, to me, I was just going to walk around and, in my mind, just sort of come across a deer standing in the middle of the trail and just bring up the rifle and take a shot. Which for lots of reasons, is, is an unlikely path to success. Uh, but again, that's that's a whole other show in and of itself. So, But anyway, I'm taking this big rifle, and I'm walking through the trail, you know, across the property on it. And of course, I've got this idea in my head that, all right, I got this rifle. If I see a deer, I'm going to have to take the shot quick, which is a reasonable thought to have. But... I'm like, all right, so I've got to have the rifle in my arms, in my hands, you know, not necessarily shouldered, but maybe with the butt stock up against my shoulder. So all I've got to do is lift it and take the shot. So I'm walking and walking and my arms are just burning. I mean, you know, after 10 minutes, it's like, okay, this is, I should have realized this was a bad plan, but I, I don't know, probably an hour, two hours of this. I'm just, you know, exploring. I'm more exploring than hunting, to tell you the truth. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. I've never seen this property before. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm walking around with this rifle in my arms, all held up. Every time I'd go across a corner in the trail, I'd lift the rifle up as if there was going to be something there, which is not the most unreasonable approach. But nonetheless, well, by the time that day was done, my arms were jello. I mean useless. It was days of excruciating pain in my arms. Forearms, shoulders, biceps, everything as I recovered from that decision, from that experience. I mean, it was probably a solid week before I started to feel normal again. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, 
Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. And I'm not the most out of shape guy. I mean, not at that point either. I was, you know, running, I was jogging, I was doing a little bit of mild weight training here and there. So, I mean, I wasn't the most out of shape guy. I was, you know, by no means in Olympic condition, but I wasn't the most out of shape guy. But I certainly never practiced anything like that for the time period and the weight and, and all those things. So, at the end of the day, I realized, hmm, this might not be a great hunting rifle. I don't know, well, you know, maybe you're quicker than I am. And uh, what gun did I leave home, you ask? The polar opposite gun. It was a Winchester lever action 3030 Model 94 that weighs five pounds. Oh yeah, the lightest gun that you could ever probably go after a deer with probably the best gun for that day or doing what I was doing was this old Winchester. But in my mind, the Mosin was where it was at because it was cool. It was decked out. It had a box magazine. It had a big old scope on it. Of course, what good is that big old scope if you can't hold it up long enough to see something to take a shot at it? It's not really useful at all. I was sort of enamored with this. Basically, it's a range queen. I mean, it is good for nothing else but going out to the range, putting it on a bench with a bipod, and just, you know, having people walk by and say, wow, that gun looks cool. What is that? Because it wasn't even all that accurate. It just looked cool, and it was kind of fun to shoot, but it was pretty much useless for deer hunting and all the conditions which that I was hunting in. So what is the worst gun to use for deer hunting? Quite simply, it's the gun that's too heavy, too big, too unwieldy, that you are not prepared or conditioned to use. In my case, there's probably few things that would have been worse than the gun that I picked. Because one, I had never put a strap on it and carried this thing anywhere. I'd never taken it into the woods. I did not have a lot of practice with it. You know, I probably shot offhand, standing or sitting even, just holding the gun up to my shoulder without a bipod maybe twice ever, maybe three times. And that should have clued me off, should have, should have been a, uh, helped me to see that, okay, this is not going to work out good because this rifle is just too unwieldy. It's too big. But I didn't have the foresight to make that decision at that time because, you know, I, I wasn't two hours of stalking through the woods with it. It was a minute of trying some different things and, you know, how could this work? Little did I realize that the best gun for the job that I could probably have ever wanted is the only other rifle that I owned that I left home that day. Because, to me, the, the, the lever action model 3030 wasn't cool enough. It didn't have a scope. It didn't have a, a deta detachable magazine. It wasn't a, a big, impressive caliber. It was just sort of this plain Jane 3030, old-time, sort of boring gun. And that, of course, 
was also the first gun I ever got a deer with in a, you know, seasons later once I finally realized what I had and how useful that was for that type of hunting. Um, but, you know, that day I was out with the Mosin was just not a good decision. And a lot of people will go out hunting and they'll ju they'll make an elementary decision that's just a bad call on what to take, what to buy, and what to use. You know, my recommendation is get the lightest gun that you are the most comfortable shooting that you can carry the easiest and has decent accuracy. You know, you don't need to hold a half-inch group at 100 yards to be able to take down a deer. Very few people are going to get shots off at deer further than that. You know, occasionally if you're, you're set up for it, if you've got the right property, you know, you'll get some longer shots. But where I live in PA, you know, rare that you're going to shoot more than 100 yards. Exceptionally rare you're going to shoot more than 200 yards. And it, the accuracy is matters. But, you know, you need to be able to hit, you know, the, the example I give is a clay pigeon. Take a clay pigeon. If you can hit a clay pigeon from 100 yards, that's all you need. You know, standing at the shoulder, whatever distance you can hit a clay pigeon from reliably, repeatably, and from multiple shooting stances, that gun will work. That's a good fit for you. That's a good combination. It doesn't need to be hyper accurate. It doesn't need to have the most amazing scope on it. It's about what can you carry easily? What can you shoot reliably and comfortably? As you get more experience, as you come up a little bit, then your tastes will become more mature. You'll understand what works better for you, what you like, and then you can you know, move on to another hunting rifle that is better suited for your area and your situation. But when you go to get started, Look for something cheap, look for something simple, look for something reliable, something light, and don't add a lot of weight to it. Don't put a bunch of stuff on it that you don't need. Uh, nowadays, whenever I look at putting a scope on a rifle, I'm looking at the ounces of the scope. How heavy is this thing? What's this going to do to my rifle? Because, you know, some scopes, same magnification level, one might be a half pound heavier than the other. You think, oh, well, what's a half pound? Everything adds up. So, you know, be careful. Look for something reliable, something light, something cheap to help you get started. And once you get going, you will learn, you know, what would be better, what would help you, what would be a more effective tool for you, what would be better for your situation. But don't be, don't look at it in terms of what's the coolest gun, what's the most interesting gun. Uh, I learned the hard way that reliability and weight were probably the two most important factors. Coolness and look uh, are, are secondary and completely irrelevant, actually, when you're out in the woods versus weight and reliability. So with that, uh, glad you guys were able to tune in. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Go to our website, thenewhuntersguide.com. I'll show you some pictures of the Mose in there, decked out with everything on it, this heavy 12, 13-pound gun, so you guys can take a look at it. And, of course, subscribe, and be sure to leave us uh, some comments and positive feedback from wherever you're listening. Thanks so much. You guys have a great one, and God bless.
life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Every once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.